everybody, and welcome to the Zelda cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Allison Aletha, and I will be your host for actually the next couple of weeks. I think, I think that Kirby trailer from the direct last week really did Andy in, and he just needed to take a vacation for a couple weeks. Um, so he, he went away because, no, I'm just kidding, it's not because of Kirby, but he deserves a vacation, so I'm, I'm taking over for a couple weeks, but I'm not going to be alone. I'm going to have a few guests over the next couple weeks, which is awesome. Um, for today, we have half, not both, but half of the Gossip Stones, our pals over the Gossip Stones podcast. Lulu, unfortunately, she had some technical difficulties. She'll join us next week, but for now, I've got my pal Judy Calder. How are you doing, Judy? I'm doing well. I am happy to be here. Is it nighttime for you? Oh, it is. Yeah, it is currently 7.45 and I'm still excited with this whole day. I've spent the day at Comic-Con. Now I'm here Ooh. podcasting with you. Life is great. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I'm doing good too. Um, it's good to have you here, especially I, it's, sometimes it's really hard for us to coordinate with 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 our friends over, you know, overseas. So I'm really glad that you could join me today. We're going to have some good chats. We are. Sweet. How was Comic-Con, by the way? What did you, what, like, what was your favorite thing about it? It was so, so good. And um, there were so many things, like, to have favorite about the entire thing. This, like, Northern Ireland is kind of behind the times when it comes to this type of thing. So this is my first Comic-Con there. And I think it's the first real proper Comic-Con on maybe the entire province of Northern oh, Ireland wow. anyway yeah like we we're way behind the times but there's so many cool things um lots of Zelda merch I got myself a Figma Forms uh link with the different faces got myself you know the heart container the little heart container mm -hmm. necklaces that you can get and then there was some really cool actors and actresses there people from The Walking Dead and things so I was really pleased with the entire thing nice oh that sounds awesome that sounds so fun and i'm a little jealous um well i mean like that's that's cool you got a lot of zelda merch um this is this is like a really good week to be a zelda fan i feel like how do you feel after this week i am completely buzzing this is the best week to be a zelda fan we've got some really cool news and you know i was even i was bumping into people at comic con people i didn't even know and you know they were looking at the clothes i was wearing the same zelda and things and you know everybody was just so excited about the new trailer it was just plenty to talk about and i'm just excited to keep talking about it there's so much to speculate on i know exactly exactly i was like that all week too where you guys are the zelda dungeon community is like my only real friend group that i could talk to zelda about so when i was like in real life i'm like bugging my brothers and my sister <laughs> And my family and like my like my coworkers who know nothing about the series and I'm just like oh my god you guys just can't be as excited as I am and I really need you to be right now but and we'll get into that let's let's backpedal just a little bit so we had a Nintendo Direct earlier this week um, of course in perfect Nintendo fashion it was announced the day before thankfully it was in the morning right before Andy left for his trip uh his year uh, trip with his wife so we were able to do a live reaction so that is over on uh the Zelda cast twitch channel right now if you want to watch that or you can listen to it in podcast form uh as last week's like bonus episode but basically we got a direct and I will say I, now that I've had some time to think about it like I feel pretty the same as I did afterwards let's cut let's just pretend Zelda didn't happen okay at the end 
And I felt like the direct, we waited a really, really long time to have any kind of Zelda news, or not Zelda, but Nintendo news, really. I mean, they were they were releasing stuff on Twitter, but nothing, we hadn't seen anything really substantial since, I want to say March, uh, February, March, the last direct. So it was really like, everybody was hype about it, but I don't feel like they delivered. Like, I'm a fan of all the farming sims, but at the same time, it's like, Nintendo, you got to give us your lineup for winter. You know, it kind of felt a little bare. What did you think? I would almost agree with that. Um, it didn't have things that were really hitting the mark completely for me, but there were some titles there that I felt were going to be satisfying and it was good to see them throwing them in there, you know, to see that we've got them coming up. Um, and then with the Nintendo Switch Online, the additions there, that pleased me. So it didn't hit the mark completely, but... I felt like it, it, it was a good show and I'm looking forward to everything that's, well, almost everything that's coming. I'm kind of new mm-hmm. to the farm, same thing. So it'll be a bit, it'll be a bit different for me. Got you. And like for me personally, I feel like there were hits for me. Like it wasn't a complete, you know, kind of bore, but I am personally really lo- excited about Tunic coming to the Switch. So a lot of people can play Tunic and experience that. It's such an incredible game. I'm excited about Eve coming to the Switch. Eve is like, it's such a good game. And I think it went viral like 10 years ago, but I still think it flew under a lot of people's radar unless you were watching like YouTubers or whatnot. Um, I personally played it myself and it's amazing. So I'm excited for people to experience that game as well. It's like a little horror story driven game. And then um, also that Fae Farm game looks super cute and super uh, like, like I'll really enjoy it. Like there was a lot of farming games there, but I think that was my favorite one. Yeah, Fae Farm definitely stuck out to me. It was really fantastical looking, really cute at the same time. And I like the idea that, you know, there was an option to, well, not even an option, it's built into it. You're going to get to have little battles and things in what looks like an arena. And yeah. I just really, I like that. I like the idea that, you know, you've got your, you're getting on, you're farming, you're doing your world stuff, and then you have to defend your world in a little battle and things. So, that definitely looks good for me, and I can say it's on my list. I'm going to be buying it and making sure that I play it. Mm-hmm. Was there so. anything else that you uh, like that really stood out to you that you're looking forward to from the direct? Yeah, that um, fatal frame, you know, the scary looking one. Yeah, that that stood out to me. Um, I don't often see anything that looks like kind of horror, even like. Like even horror and thrillery and that type of sort of genre. I'm so used to seeing everything so light and family friendly and everything with Nintendo. But Fatal yeah. Frame actually edges on a completely different direction. And I was really interested in how it's a case that if you play, you're going to be able to see the spirits and things or the entities behind the faces of the characters and the people that you come across in the game. So I'm really drawn in by that. I'm looking forward to it. I want to check it out. Nice, very cool. Have you ever played Ib then? If you like no, the horror, I haven't. Um, I'm actually I've only started playing horror games in the past few years, and that's mostly been like zombie types of games, Resident Evil, that sort of thing. Gotcha. And I'm actually so happy Resident Evil's coming to cloud, and then there's the DLC that's coming up. So there's plenty of that. Me and my other half, we play it together because. I get quite jumpy whenever I'm playing horrors, Alison. So yeah. I can remember like the maps and everything. I can say like where to go and I have the ideas of how we'll get past things. And then my other half, he's kind of like the brawn and 
he takes the controller and he makes things happen yeah. whereas I'm like ah! <laughs> you know freaking out but tell <laughs> them where it. to go and what to do so it's really fun that we play it that way that is cool. That's very cool. I wonder if you'll like it then. I would highly recommend it. It's not like super horror, like jump scary, gory. It's just like creepy and it has really, it's like, it's, it can be, it has different endings. So it can be like a really good story or it can be something that actually really makes you mad. So <laughs> I would recommend it. I'm super excited about it. Okay, great stuff. It is going on the list. Another one that I um I'm like excited for in like this really weird kid type of way is Spongebob. I don't know, it probably sounds really silly, but it actually puts me in mind of the Simpsons game uh-huh. that came out all those years ago when we were children. And I remember loving playing the Simpsons and it just gives me the same kind of vibes. So I think I'd like to just check it out and see if it sort of sends me in that direction. Maybe some nostalgia feels just in the whole design and the look of the game I think it would bring up some happy feelings and I could get drawn into the Spongebob world of it all too yep yeah I think I was looking forward to that too it actually reminded me of like a childhood playing on PC on like their website you know the yeah. little, little mini games when on their website and stuff um some other games to note of course are the new um Ooh, I, I had a hard time just thinking of that word right now. Maybe I'll wrap back to it. Pikmin 4. I haven't ever played a Pikmin game, but I think I'd be interested to jump into it. I think Pikmin 3 is probably where I'll start because I haven't picked that up yet. But Pikmin 4, a lot of people are really hype about that. Um, you've got the Kirby game, of course, that just really sets some people off. <laughs> I think it looks cute and looks fine. I do agree that Kirby games come out a lot and... Uh, like quite frequently but that looks like a mario kart for kirby though i don't know what yeah. do you think of that i thought it was really cute and i i like to see the kirby games i had never really paid too much attention to them before until most recent kirby and the forgotten land and started into it um, and then i didn't get finished and it just was you know preparing for the zelda dungeon marathon and things but i'm going to be going back to it and yeah, I'm happy enough to see more Kirby. I think it's it's a franchise I'm going to get really into, actually. Nice. Okay, cool. I just wanted to give it a little bit of highlight since Andy isn't here to shut me down. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then and then the game I forgot the name of Fire Emblem, of course. Like that that's a pretty big deal too. And it the is. only one I've ever played is Three Houses. So I don't know if I'm excited for it, but I know a lot of people are. Yeah, you and I are in the same boat with that. I've only ever played Three Houses, and it kind of introduced me back into turn-based games and I mean the last turn-based game I had played was Pokemon and that was on the Game Boy so mm. you know it was a really like it was a really big thing for me to come back into it and get back into the way off and I really liked it so I'm definitely looking forward to Fire Emblem Engage yeah yes nice okay all right we talked to direct to death let's talk about what we really care about oh, so yeah. <laughs> tell me like did you watch the direct as it was happening or did you watch it later? I had to watch it later. Um, UK Time had me in work, unfortunately. Um, so as soon as I got out, I was like, the trailer. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me see everything. I was so jealous of everybody getting to watch it live. So when I got my eyes on it, I was just like squeaking. People were like, are you okay? I was like, it's fine. There's just a new thing. I have to go. I have to go. <laughs> it's I next year <laughs> so it's quite excitable yeah 
yeah, it's hard when they um they do it. Like I understand it's probably more on you know Nintendo Nintendo schedule, not Nintendo of like America or UK or whatever. Um, so I get that, but at the same time, it's just like ah, it's hard to you know navigate around. I had to rework my whole work schedule last week just to watch it live. But did you think we were gonna have any Zelda news, or were you just hopeful? I was more hopeful. I mean, we were so overdue anything to be honest. Um, so it was kind of like, if they don't show something, I think the community is going to riot. Yeah, so, seriously. <laughs> like, hopefully they would have taken that into consideration. You know, September, we usually do get a direct. And if they had shown something with no Zelda, they'd have had a very unhappy fan base. So all together, I'd have said, yeah, they were going to show something. And mm. I was actually quite pleased with what we got. Some people said, you know, we didn't really get enough. There wasn't much there, uh-huh. but... Um, I am a starving, thirsty person, and I was ready for that tiny morsel, and it more than filled me, at least for the time being. Yes, I agree. I I think if they just showed, like, the content that they showed us and didn't give us a title or a date, I think I would have finally been in the boat with Andy where I'm like, okay, why do they keep giving us these little snacks? It's not okay, you know? Um, But we got a title, which I was kind of like, okay, if we get a title, that's cool. But I was not in any way expecting a date. So I was, like, shocked that they ended that direct with a date. Uh, How do you feel about that date? It feels so good. I mean, I really wasn't expecting it to be coming out any earlier than that. The fact that we haven't seen any other content or information from mm-hmm. Nintendo up until this point, I was not hopeful for anything earlier than sort of March, April. May feels like a good, strong date. And I feel like it's achievable as well, you know, with the fact that they've been able to give us that. And I know that we've seen delays and things on dates that we've been given before, but there's just something that really feels like it's going to hold true with this. Yeah, I I think they wouldn't give us a date at this point because they've already delayed it a couple of times. Um, I don't think they would give us a date if they didn't think that it was, like, if they weren't 100% sure that it was going to make it. Um, And then as far as the title goes, I don't know about you, but sometimes when it comes to titles of things, I kind of, like, either I initially think it's amazing or I have a moment where I'm like, I don't know if I like this or I hate it. Because Breath of the Wild, I did not like Breath of the Wild like at all when I first heard it I thought it was I thought it was so I mean I understand they were moving on from like the traditional Zelda but I just thought it was so different and I was just like this sounds so weird and corny but then it grew on me and now I love it so I don't know about you with Tears of the Kingdom how'd you feel when you saw that name I was like what (laughs) I I wasn't (laughs) I was not impressed Um, really so you were like me Breath of the Wild you weren't impressed yeah I mean I just Maybe it'll grow on me, who knows? And maybe when I see the content in the game and how it actually all makes sense and why the subtitle, you know, is what it is, it'll mm-hmm. feel right. Um, but just at the minute, I'm like, Tears of Kingdom, I mean, it just doesn't feel as special as previous titles that we've seen. And I just really hope that changes. I really hope that I get the same vibes, you know, where Breath of the Wild, I wasn't overly you know, keen on either. And now I think it's a perfect title and it really, you know, it's such a strong title. I hope that's what happens with Tears of the Kingdom. I think it will. I think, I think I like Tears of the Kingdom more than I did initially with Breath of the Wild, just because it sounds so intriguing. Like to me, when I think of that, I think that there's going to be like this big old betrayal and there's going to be like a lot of drama that goes on. 
But I also think it could be literal, which, you know, we were seeing in those murals. I was calling them gems when we were first reacting because they just looked like gems to me. But now I can see that they're probably these tears. So I don't know. It could be literal that they're the tears of the kingdom that you have to collect for something. There's a lot of speculation about what's going on. I, I mean, I am super excited just to think about anything that's going on. So I'm excited to uh, the promise of more news because we're finally, finally, finally coming out of this drought. And you and I both know I'm no longer on the writing team, but you are still. So you know that the writing team has been like just drowning, you know. Yeah. I should yep. say, you know what? That's not the right analogy. They've been they're, like dying of dehydration yeah. <laughs> in a they're, desert. They're, they literally have it's like crawling towards some sort of oasis. Like, is that yep. Nintendo in They could the see Karakara Bazaar in the distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, I mean, they've got plenty to soak up now and plenty to um, speculate on and theorize on and really get their juices flowing. So it's really great to yes. see how excited they all are and I can sort of take in everything that they're talking about and enjoy it and add it to my theories and different things. So it's great. Yes, it's really amazing running a Zelda site, the fan site, you know, with the writing, the podcast, the guides and everything, how revitalized that, that just that, you know, title and date and the trailer and extra content was able to like do to our community. It was amazing to watch that day. So yeah, it was like I'm we excited. came back to life. Like it's like we, yeah it's like a fairy came out of a bottle and brought us all back ah, yeah. perfect analogy <laughs> it's been too long all uh. right okay we'll wrap that talk up for now there isn't much more you know they still only gave us a tidbit so there isn't much more to go on with that um and hopefully we get more to talk about later so um, another thing I wanted to bring up that we got a little bit of Zelda news this week. So like I said, it's, we're being fed this week. It's great. Is Zelda and Chill 3. Everybody is a fan of Zelda and Chill, uh, the series, I guess. I'm not really sure how it's called in music. But Zelda and Chill 3 got its announcement date October 28th, I believe. Um, he also, re uh, Michael, he also released a single from it. I think it's The Legend of Laurel, which was cool. That was a good song to have. So I'm super excited about what else, what other songs he's going to use in this album. And I'm super excited to listen to it and add it to my, you know, and chill collection, which I've got going on. So hopefully everybody out there is excited to listen to it too. Yeah, jump on that for sure. Yes. All right, now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of our episode. This is what our episode is really about. Uh, Andy hasn't played Spirit Tracks, probably the longest of all the other Zelda games that he uh, hasn't played in a while. So... I've been dying to do a retrospective episode because I recently play it, played it, um, but he just hasn't been able to catch up to that yet. So this just seemed like the opportune time to talk to somebody about Spirit Tracks with while Andy was on vacation. So Judy is here with me. We're going to do a Spirit Tracks retrospective episode. We're going to give these DS games the love they deserve. Let's, I mean, we're not going to go overboard. They they do some uh, deserve some criticism too, but... I think they could use a little bit more love in the Zelda community. So we're going to we're gonna chat about it today. We are indeed. And they definitely deserve some love. I mean, I think anybody that plays them and can get over the hard cramps with the stylus, they can appreciate <laughs> there's some good content there in those games and good storytelling and plenty of good Zelda meat on the bone. 
Yes, I agree. I'm going to say right now that Spirit Tracks, this was my first time ever playing it this year, and it actually is the last Zelda game besides Tears of the Kingdom that I needed to play to play every single Zelda game, um, except, I guess, spinoffs, if you don't count spinoffs, because I still haven't played Tingle yet. So I'll get there eventually. But this was my last game of the mainline Zelda titles where I have played every Zelda game now. I'm super excited about that. And Woo! I will say that I 100% think it's a better game than uh, Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> I honestly Which didn't like, ever think I'd hear you say that because I, I know how much you love that game. Um, I know. <laughs> so that's a big thing. That's a big thing. I mean, I think that says a lot about it. It's, you wouldn't think you would, I've always like grown up, I should say, like in quotations in the Zelda community thinking, oh, that's just the train game. Well, I really like Phantom Hourglass, but I feel like the train game is actually better <laughs> in so many ways. There are a couple things where I'm like, eh, I don't really like the changes they made here. But overall, and we'll get into it, I think it's, I think it's better. Do you like, which one do you like better? Um, from, okay, two perspectives here. From a speedrunning perspective, I like Phantom Hourglass better. Purely yes. because, I mean, you're really, yes. really going for it and you can finish the game a lot faster. Yes. Well, at least I can finish the game a lot faster with Phantom Hourglass. It's just much easier that way for me. If I go for Spirit Tracks, I, I mean, my best time's like seven hours and five minutes, something close to that. And, you know, your hand gets sore, blowing the Spirit Flute, yeah. like you can feel like you're going to faint. So from from a speedrunner perspective, we've got that. But from a taking your time adventure perspective, I do like Spirit Tracks better. I like that you said that. I like that we're both two people here that have ran, uh, speedrun both games for the marathon. I love that because usually when I bring that topic up, people kind of just are like, oh, yeah, Allison's talking about speedrunning again. But, like, those games... You, I feel like you understand them better when you could speedrun them because you can get through the, the really tedious hard parts a lot quicker than most people. So it lets you appreciate them a little bit better. So I totally agree with you. Phantom Hourglass is better for speedrunning because Spirit Tracks has way too much um, uh, RNG. That's, that's the word, RNG, which, you know, is like random number generated, whatever. And it creates a lot of, like time discrepancies which can be very frustrating so i i completely agree there um yeah. so what we're gonna do for this retrospective is we're gonna take the categories that are usually used for the definitive uh like ranking um from the zd site of the zelda games but we're not gonna rank them we're just gonna talk about each little uh subject so the first one is world what do you think of the world of sphere tracks i think it's handy in the sense that you're kind of stuck to the tracks and you know there's only certain ways you can go and it's not difficult then to navigate the world you're just avoiding the evil trains that are you know hunting you down that type of thing so <laughs> it's an easy it's an easy to navigate world and I think that's good it's good for players that maybe aren't as skilled and you know that are maybe newer and happen to start off on spirit tracks that, that that's mostly what I like about it I mean I'm not even going to go into the the design aspect of it, you know, how it looks because oh, oh, these games we'll are, there. yeah, they're on the 3DS. <laughs> so this is literally me just talking about actual navigation of the world. So I think it's fine. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's good. I'd be happy enough with that. What about you? I would say the world is unique, but not like 
Uh, it's unique, but it's not like super exciting. I would say that it, it's kind of the same in that you travel by boat on Phantom Hourglass, but I feel like the islands are a little bit bigger. Um, and then the areas you travel on train for the most part, and you have a little bit of like room to kind of navigate where, uh, which way you go. Um, you're running right from the demon trains. There's some monsters on the tracks, but it's really like it really lacks a lot of freedom. And then the areas that you go to feel a lot smaller than they did in Phantom Hourglass. But it's unique. It's like such a cute little neat idea. Like who would ever put trains in Zelda? Um, and the like when you actually get down to the lore of the, tr of the tracks too. The fact that they're like magical to seal you know this darkness. Um, I think that's pretty like I think that's pretty dope. That's a cool story element. So overall the world it's quaint. It's cute. It's not it's just not super exciting. It's just it has its unique um, you know identity and that's fun but I think it's good that it's only in this game where they kind of kept it that restricted I would agree totally and I mean it's literally just to get you to the real important different parts of the game anyway so it serves its function and that's all it needs to do yeah it's it's pretty much just a vessel to get you to the dungeons and the tower and that's about it the rest I mean if you explore is fine but it's still not big enough to feel like a substantial world yeah all right, the next, the next little bullet we got here is art style. So art style is clearly not the best. <laughs> I, think everybody, I think everybody can uh, get behind the fact that the DS games are not the greatest art style ever. But, you know, I think they have a little bit of charm. I, I like to laugh, especially at the, um, like, the really mix-match proportions. Um, they did the same thing in Spirit Tracks that they did in Phantom Hourglass where you're going up to a dungeon and you're literally as tall as the door and <laughs> the proportions yeah. are just kind of goofy and, but I feel like the character models are really cute and charming. Um, I love the little sprites. I'm really glad they bought the Anuki back. I think they're so cute and, um, like overall the art style is just, it's not good. But it's like it's like if my little if I had an eight year old little nephew and he drew it, I think that's that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I think it's super cute, and I mean, it's obviously it has the restrictions of the 3DS and the DS yes. or whatever. You know, it has those restrictions, and if you can sort of set that aside, I think it's really endearing actually. And even yes. if you were to look at the art style, you know, on any promotional items and materials and things even on the the guidebooks and whatnot i really like how you know princess zelda and link is drawn and you know i'm totally here for it i'm more into like the design of toon link and you know anything that sort of stems off of that more recently than anything else it took me a while to get on board so i i have a bit of a soft spot for it yeah, I think they polished it. It does look a little bit nicer than Phantom Hourglass, I will say. Like, the characters look a little bit more polished. Um, I like Zelda. She looks really great in this game. Um, it's funny that I think of characters other than Link. But um, you've got Cole and his funny two hats. And he's walking in and you totally don't know. Like, well, well. you don't know, quote unquote, <laughs> that he's a villain. And that his two hats are covering literal horns. Yeah. And <laughs> And then you've got um, Alfonso, I think that's his name in this game, and Nico, and uh, Limebeck the Third, and <laughs> Beetle. Beetle's such a pain in this game. Um, oh, and what, what is the what is the what's the bad guy's name in this? Like the the henchman, I can't remember his name. Burn. 
burn. Are you talking about burn or bar? Yeah, burn. Yeah, burn. Fire. Burn. Burn. Okay. I call them burn. As in, like, burn. you burn yourself. I, yeah, I think so, too. And we could talk about it. We can move on to story and talk about him a little bit and the, the overall story. So the overall story... Um, it's, it's different for sure. The train tracks are, you know, like the, the, the spirits that are sealing away this dark power and Cole is coming in to take Zelda's body to revitalize that dark power. And it's goofy because she's like literally a spirit and like basically dead, but she's like, oh my gosh, they're going to put this evil being in my body. She's kind of, <laughs> she's a little vain and I think that's cute. Um, I, I adore her in this game, but then you also got burn and, I, he gets a little bit of a redemption in this. I feel like I'm going everywhere with the story, but he gets a little redemption in this, like you see with Linebeck in uh, Phantom Hourglass, but I feel like Linebeck's character development and his redemption as a character is a lot better than Burns. Burns feels very sudden to me. Did you, did you get that feeling too? I think it was more, you know, he realized that he wasn't important to Chancellor Cole and, you know, there was no love for him and he realized that he was just being used and suddenly that's like you know light bulb moment for him you know what has he been doing why is he behaving this way and then he makes you know the decision you know conscious decision to try and change and you know make the better decisions and try to help so i think it makes sense you know where you actively see him make the decision of that whereas with back, i felt like lying back in front of Mark Glass, it was like random. I just, I felt like it, it was totally random with him where with Burn, it made sense. You know, he's seen the error of his ways because of how he was treated. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so you're a little bit backwards for me because I feel like Lindbeck's not a bad guy. He's just selfish and and like all for himself. But you could see him grow, in my opinion, as a character with Ciela and Link. And the fact that he sacrifices himself to save Link, I think is a really big moment. And that he's really cute and saying his goodbye, like, you know, just kind of, like, playing it off like he's too cool. But, I don't know, I kind of like his development more than Burns. To me, I understand, like, yes, he felt, oh, yeah, I was totally used. But he still kind of felt like he was doing what was in his best interest, even though he was technically a locomo, right? Yeah, he was like that's one, right. Or a, a locomo apprentice or something of that nature. Um, the, sage in the, the sages in this game are the locomos, and they teach you the, the songs on the spirit flute. <sighs> Yeah. Just say. <laughs> Some of those songs are good. I feel like we'll get into that with like gameplay. But um they teach you the songs to help you, you know, revitalize the tracks to seal this darkness away. You're getting back to saving Zelda's body and defeating Cole and you're driving trains while you do it. It's cute. Like this story is very unique in my opinion overall. Um is it the most like is it the greatest story? ever in the Zelda series? No, I don't think so, but I think it's just so cute and has it has its place and I think it's cool that it also keeps up with like the I wouldn't say it's like part of Zelda lore, like you know the big nitty-gritty of it, but like it keeps up with it where it has the sages, it has the ceiling, it has the the hero rising and it also has um Zelda like rising with it as well. She does a lot of growth too. So, overall, I think the story is actually really good. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Um, and, like, I love where it fits in the timeline. I, I love how it's the whole new Hyrule thing, you know, within mm -hmm. the alt timeline. And that's where I feel like the story's really, really good because you're getting everything that you got previously, but suddenly it's in this new land. And, you know, 
everything comes from inside the game and it follows on out into the lore, you know, that passes into like our high roof stories and things. So I think I think it's a strong story just personally, but that could be my love for the game. You know, I've spent a lot of time playing, a lot of hours have went into Spirit Tracks and I think that's why the story feels a little bit even more special to me as well, you know, in comparison to some other ones as well. So our next bullet point here is pacing and progression. So pacing and progression, I think it varies from game to game. I think that this game has really excellent pacing until maybe the last two dungeons. I'll say the last dungeon, the sand um, temple, and the last tower. I feel like they're completely unnecessary. And, well, sand, the sand temple isn't hard, but the last tower is horrendous. Um, you kind of reach this point in the story and in the game where you you beat the last temple, you beat the fourth temple, you beat the fifth tower, and it kind of feels like the end. You fight, burn, um, stuff goes down, and it kind of feels like you made it to the top of the tower, you've connected everything, everything seems great, but then there's extra. You have to go and get the light bow, basically, to do the ceiling. And that includes an extra dungeon and an extra tower. And to me, that just feels... That's like almost on par, almost. It's not nearly on par, but like it gets on par of um, Skyward Sword when you're doing the Song of the Hero. Like that is just too much for me in one game um, as far as pacing goes. Like, sure, I love the extra content. I love doing more dungeons. I love doing more story. But if it's like an overarching story pacing of the game that I'm looking at, it feels extra. So I would say that the pacing is really good up until that point and then really good at the end so it's like this chunk that i that i don't like and it, it seems to be a common thing for me that it's usually like the last quarter of the game <laughs> yeah i i would actually pretty much agree with you on that as well because you feel like you're coming up to some sort of penultimate moment and then all of a sudden it's like oh now you've got to go and do this and you know uh -huh. even though you know the content is it's really great like you say and you know it gets me shaking i'm like oh you know because i do feel like you have to sort of be ready for what's coming and moving through you know the final part of the tower and everything um but yeah i felt like they probably could have moved that you know that moment to after the final tower and then it would have felt like right this is it this is the you know the big final bad part of the whole thing and i'm gonna fight the body i'm gonna beat the body and save the world but instead mm -hmm. you know no i'm just gonna go and get the light bow and then i'm gonna defeat the body you know yeah i totally agree with where you're coming from there i think almost if they had done it like in a just slightly less way like if you just had the sand temple and the sand temple um got you the bow great or if you just had more of the tower to do and the tower got you the bow great but instead you have to go to the sand temple get the compass to continue to work through the tower and the most hardest part of the tower is that last tower and then you get the bow and then you gotta go back all the way through the tracks down to the bottom of your map to fight the big bad train so yeah to me it's like it's like uh just it was just a little too much extra i was just like if you could have just done the one I like the sand temple. If you could have just done that, I would have been peachy. Yeah, it would have been totally fine. I mean, it was content that they didn't need. And albeit it was good, you know, the content was yeah. solid. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't entirely necessary. Yeah. 
So I think we can agree that the pacing's decent and up until a point. And like I said, that's a common theme for me where it's just like, it's all good until you have to do this like one extra little. And it's just like, oh, I just want to be done. Like I want to yeah. get to the end. Not yeah. that I want the game to end, but just I want to see the end. Yeah, you want the satisfaction of the end. Yeah, exactly. Because then you could go back and do extra gameplay. Yeah, totally. Um, speaking of gameplay, that's our next item here on the board. What do you think of the gameplay overall? I really love the gameplay. I am fine. Yeah. Like, I, I love using the stylus. I love how you use the weapons with the stylus. I love, you know, traversing the dungeons. I think the gameplay is fantastic, and the dungeons are set up really, really well for it. And, you know, yeah, I'm all about selection with my sword of my stylus, and I'm here for it. What about you? I mean, I um, the gameplay is what the gameplay is. It's the stylus, and it's on the it's on the DS. So, understandably, it kind of irks people. I I appreciate the stylus gameplay and the combat. Um, you know how you how you use the stylus to swing your sword, how you use the stylus to use your items. Um, there was a couple things that I didn't like. For example, they changed the rolling in between Phantom Hourglass and Spear Tracks, and I hated it. Some people say they liked it. But basically, you have in Phantom Hourglass, you keep your stylus on the gamepad and you just kind of squiggle it a little bit in the direction that you want to go. Oh, sorry. And um, you roll, and you don't want to roll more than three times because then you'll get dizzy. But to me, that felt good because you're if you keep your stylus on the on the, the screen, it continues like moving. So when you just wiggle it a little bit and he rolls, that felt natural. Versus in Spirit Tracks, they changed it so you have to re- you have to double tap to roll. And I can't stand that because I'm trying to move and double tap to roll at the same time. And I think it's awful. Like, I can't, oh. I can't handle that. No, I really, I prefer that because I find with Phantom Hourglass, I would end up like just not rolling because I didn't, you know, control the roll properly and I would just stop dead sometimes. So I, I actually prefer the double tap with Spirit Tracks. That's so I, funny. Yeah, I think it's far easier. Andy said the same thing, and I I don't know. Maybe I need to do a poll or something on Twitter to feel validated, but I think it's kooky. <laughs> Anyways, aside from that, the rest of the gameplay, like I said, it is what it is. So if you accept what it is, then I think it's good. Like, it's decent. It has decent combat. Um, a combat? Combat. <laughs> um, the items are uh, – we'll get into the items. It's a different category, but I think the way that you use the stylus makes, you know, the gameplay with the items unique and different. I'm glad they only did two DS games and they didn't try to continue that idea. I think that's where it needed to stay. And overall, it's fine. Like, it's not the best. It's not the worst. Well, it could be close to the worst. But it's, like I said, if you could accept it for what it is, it's good. Yeah, it's its own little gimmick. And, I mean, the fact that we've only got the two games for it, I think, you know, let's celebrate that and move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's celebrate it as, a, as an idea that Nintendo tried. It didn't quite work out, just like, you know, Wii motion controls didn't quite work out. But they tried it, and, you know, that brings us to a lot of the things we are playing today, like the Joy-Cons and the fact that our Switch has touchscreen on certain games. Like, it cre- it paved the way, okay? It walked yeah. so the Switch could run. So Perfect analogy. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we got to respect it in a way. All right, next we have items and abilities. How did you feel about the items in this game? Okay, I like the items. I've, I, yeah, I pretty much liked all of the items. I really loved, you know, the, is it the whip you call it? Is it the whip you call it? I think, yeah, it's the whip. 
Yeah, and you're like just swinging from different areas. I think that was a standout item that we should definitely see in every Zelda game. I think it should tra translate across them all. I want to be swinging Link from one ledge to another on a constant basis. Um, it's a fun item. That would probably be my favourite item. Least yeah. favourite item. Definitely going to be the spirit flight. I'm <laughs> yeah. not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> Um, the items are pretty cool. I like the whirlwind, although I don't really appreciate how much I had to blow into my DS using the whirlwind. Um, you, like, you have to tap it, aim it, and then blow into it to, and it just felt a little bit extra. If you're, you know, if you're casually playing the game, it's fine. But if you're speedrunners like us, and you need to be doing things fast, it's kind of like a lot of motion that I have a hard time with functionally. So the whirlwind is cool. I like something like the gust jar or the gust bellows better. Um, the whip is definitely the best item, if not the sand rod. But, like, I feel like Phantom Hourglass has its OP item, which is the hammer. And then uh, Spirit Tracks has its OP, which is the whip, because it could do so much. Like, for example, make Zelda go faster when she's in a phantom, which I think <laughs> is, is both very disturbing and hilarious. <laughs> Do you know, I didn't even know that was the thing. I didn't know that was the thing at all until I watched it at the marathon. And I was just like... This year? This, yeah, I was like, this would have seriously sped things <laughs> up for me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, like, but awful. Imagine just whipping Zelda. Poor Zelda. Yeah, it's a little messed <laughs> up. I remember uh, Catherine, I asked Catherine for her notes first before I started, like, creating my own notes. And... It says, whip Zelda to go faster. And I'm like, what does this mean? And she's like, exactly how it sounds. And, and then I finally, I just kind of ignored it because I didn't get it until I saw a speedrunner doing it. The speedrunner she suggested to me. And I was like, what? This is like very sketchy, but at the same time, kind of hilarious. Yeah. Like, hurry up. <laughs> but it's definitely the greatest and like it's also like functionally pretty impressive for the ds in my opinion i don't know there could be better games that have better functionality with an item like this but i i really like it um the sand rod is of note too uh the rest are just kind of stand items but that spirit flute man oh, i oh let me Lord. let me be honest when i first tried the spirit flute and you get those first couple songs with the locomos I was like, this isn't so bad. I don't understand why people are complaining. But then you get, ooh, this is like, this still makes me salty. You get to the end where you have to start jumping notes and you're blowing into your DS. And I'm trying to imagine a child because these games were made for children. I'm trying to imagine the child having the patience to do this and not making it very far in this game at all. Like, if I was ready to chuck my DS across the room, I can't imagine a child keeping interest in something that kind of mechanic. Yeah, I totally see where you're coming from. There's that, that would have to be one patient or very talented child um, <laughs> yeah. to do that. I mean, myself, I had I had seen myself when I was practicing with the spirit flight, and I felt like I was going to pass out. I had blown that much into the DS that like I was just going to pass out. I was dizzy. Yeah. It's um. Like I said, it's okay until the end when you have to start skipping notes. I think my worst ones are the fire song uh, for the fire realm area, temple, whatever. And the sand is definitely the worst because that guy, Rail, the locomole Rail, he is 
an a-hole. Let's just say yeah. that. I he played that song tough. perfectly at the marathon like five <laughs> times. And then you get to the last song, which is probably the hardest. And for some reason, I think it was like, I don't know, my first or second try. And I butchered it. I was laughing in between because everybody was making jokes and like trying to get me through this game. And I was laughing and it still worked more than when I played it perfectly for real. So I don't even know if this thing is real, legitimate, works, but whatever. The spirit flute is the spirit flute. It's probably just the worst thing of this game. Which yep. is unfortunate, because it's like one of the main gimmicks. It's the main gimmick, you know, gotta play the spirit flute. Oh my god. Oh bad. well. <laughs> I think we could say overall that the items are okay. Average, passable, the OP is definitely the whip, but... And the worst is that spirit flute, but overall it's okay. Yeah, I'm in agreement. Oh, okay, yeah, you agree. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the thing that I think actually is like the biggest highlight I, would, I should say the next two things. The biggest highlight of this game is its dungeons. What do you think of the dungeons? I really like the dungeons. I think the dungeons are all very, very strong. I like I like how you traverse them. I like, you know, the little gimmicks. Even, you know, there's one of the dungeons where you're lifting up, like, a little plate that Link is going to stand on. You know, it's going to allow him to go over lava and different things. And I just think that the, the dungeons are really well put together and the little things that you have to do to traverse through them are really fantastic. And I'd say they're top notch, you know, for the type of, for the type of game this is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for the type of game that you're playing, I actually think the dungeons are really fun. And even even the, the sand one, because I'm saying it felt too extra for me, I even like that one because it's there. They have really well pacing throughout the dungeons. There's not too many of them. Um, the themes are wonderful and um, are not, like, overpowering or grating. Um, they're not particularly original, but I still really enjoy them. So you got the forest realm... Uh, it, you know, you just kind of go through this, like, little swampy type of dungeon, has some poisonous gas, makes you think of, like, Woodfall or um, the first dungeon in Minish Cap. For some reason, I can't think of it because you're using the, the little gust bellows, you know, just like the gust jar. Um, and, like, over, like I like the puzzles of that. And you know what? Like, my least favorite theme in, the, in any video game, really, not just Zelda, is, like, an ice-themed um, area. But the ice uh, dungeon in this, or the snow dungeon, is snow my favorite temple. of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they're all very strong. Um, my favorite was probably the fire temple personally. So yep. that's like pretty cool. Those two little offices, you know, that you you're going for the snow temple. I'd go for the fire temple. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then the water is fun. It's got a fun little puzzle. That's where you get the whip. Um, the sand is cool with the sand rod. You're, like, lifting up all these sand into pillars. And it's kind of funny because when you're drawing on the, the game pad and that's how, like, that's the pattern for your sand that little, you know, your sand razors that you're doing. I just think that's kind of fun, especially when you, like, bring those uh, those tricks that you've been learning in those dungeons back to the tower. Let's talk about the tower for a second. I think the tower is fine. I think the tower is okay. I think it's better than than Temple of the Ocean King because it's not repetitive unless you want it to be. Like, if you want to go back and get mm. items, you can. But you don't have to go back through the rooms like you do Temple of the Ocean King. So I think it's okay until the end. The end is horrendous. <laughs> um, I think for me, there's something about the tower that really 
what what's happening inside freaks me out. I feel like you know the phantoms or whatever they are called, the little guards. I think they come at you so much faster than what they do in Phantom Hourglass. And the phantoms. They've got their yeah. They they've got their different gimmicks and things. And um, you know we've got the rolly ones, the fast ones. Um, you know the teleporting ones and I just there's something I feel really panicked yeah and I know that's what they're aiming for but I think because of that I feel more chill with um the temple of the ocean king and I think I maybe like that one better just because I'm not all freaked out if that makes sense I, I can understand that. My thing about Temple of the Ocean King that stresses me out, though, is that you have a time limit, whereas the Tower of Spirits, you don't. Yeah. So, like, you can get hit all you want, and you don't lose time. You could just keep going back through the room. Whereas, if you if you take a hit <laughs> in Temple of the Ocean King, you lose time, and then you're dying at the end, and it is a little... It, that, that part's more stressful to me, I think. Yeah. So, for you, the time restraints, and then for me action of it all <laughs> it's yeah. funny makes sense makes sense um but overall like uh the, the the tower is pretty good overall i think it takes like some of the criticism that came from phantom hourglass and like modified it a little bit with the with the timer and with the repetitiveness of it i mean it's still repetitive but not nearly as you know egregious as Ta uh, temple of the ocean king so there's that and then you know uh, overall, the the dungeons are cool. Let's let's move on to the next subject that kind of plays off the dungeons and also is a really strong aspect in my opinion is the enemies and bosses. I would say the bosses are the most like, you know, the the coolest part probably of Spirit Tracks. I think the bosses are really unique and really different and ginormous and imposing and super cool. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And I think that every single boss within this game has its own gimmick that really stands out. And they're, they, they're all as strong as each other. In my opinion, I just think the whole lineup is really solid. Definitely. Let's go over them really quickly. Um, we have in the uh, first, the forest realm, the boss, he's like, he's called Stagnox, which I just think is clever because we've had Hinox and Stalnox and now we got Stagnox, and he's really cool. He's like this giant stag beetle, and he's got this really big horn, and obviously his uh, <laughs> his weak spot is his butt, which, you know, is cute for a kid's game, but you use your little um, your uh, whirlwind um, item to blow the poison off of him so that you can attack him, and you can also bomb him, and he, throw he like, spouts out these little wormies, and... I just think, like, the overall atmosphere is so cool. When you think of the DS bosses, Spirit Tracks, like, kills it with the bosses, in my opinion. So Stagnox is cool. Um, Fraz is pretty cool. He's got, like, this Twin Rova kind of duo thing going on um, with the elements. Yeah, he, yeah, he kind of reminded me of Blaz from Phantom Hourglass. It was like, you know... Mm -hmm. Two sort of similar ones, and I like to see that, you know, they sort of bounced off each other in that way when they're following on from each other in that game. So I like that some bosses, like, corresponded back and forth from those two different titles. Yep, I agree with that for sure. Um, you got Phytops, which is very reminiscent of um, uh, Skyward Sword's um, 
Mike Wazowski impre- impersonator. What is that guy's name? Levias oh. or something? No, not Levias. No, 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 no. I'm oh, horrible with names. Yeah, I'm horrible with names. But you know who I'm talking about? This the sand sea sea ship. Wow, I'm just horrible. I'm so <laughs> sorry, guys. I like. I promise you, I am actually very knowledgeable with Zelda. It's just when I'm on the spot, everything leaves my brain. Anyways, you got this like cyclops looking plant mother from the <laughs> water temple in Spirit Tracks. I wouldn't say that was the best. I I'd probably say that was the worst. Uh, boss of all the bosses in that game. It's okay. Like, it's not the greatest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Kragma. I think Kragma's the coolest. He's kind of like this playoff Eox, but he's a fire monster, Cyclops dude. He's definitely the most frustrating boss, in my opinion, especially if you're speedrunning, but he's so cool. Like, the atmosphere is awesome. Yeah, and I love, like, the kind of, like, the roller coaster of getting around and getting him and... You know, I think that was a really fun gimmick and way of having to battle him as well. It was just so different than anything we've pretty much seen before. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, except, like, you know, it's kind of kind of reminds me of like uh, Twilight Princess when you're fighting the um, giant skull. Of course, I can't remember its name in this moment because I don't remember things. But you also got Burn. This is where you first fight him. And he kind of realizes that he's being used, and he he's okay. He just he's an okay fight. He feels more like a sub boss to me personally than a boss boss. Um, Skeldrich is so interesting. Like he's just such an interesting dude, and he is kind of like that Twilight. What is the Twilight Princess boss that I'm thinking of? The really cool one from Arbiter's Crowns. This is a horrible horrible Zelda cast. You can't remember her names. What's it again? Stalnox. Is it? Oh, gosh. It is. I don't know. Anyway, Skildred, he um, he looks like that guy, and he's, like, weirdly, like, this these spine bone pieces sticking out of the sand, and you have to blow him up with his own bombs. He's pretty cool. Um, you get to the demon train, which just is, like, the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, but it's fun. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think of the demon train? Um... <laughs> It was a weird one. It was really, it was, it was really weird. I mean, it, it was cool it's, for the fact it's the spirit tracks. And I mean, the the demon trains out there, so it seems kind of inevitable that you should go into battle with the train. And maybe I just thought I was going to go into battle with a conductor or something, but I suppose that's eventually <laughs> what happens with you know Cole as kind of a conductor of that train eventually. Oh my gosh! But it's like it's like. De- possessed by maladus and it's got its face on there and it's just like it's so goofy i I don't know why it just it you would think like you're playing spirit tracks of course you're gonna fight a demon train like it's but it for some reason it just looks really goofy and with the area that you're fighting it in looks really trippy it kind of feels like they had this idea and then they like kind of halfway put it together and they're like, we got to wrap up this game, you guys. Let's just throw this weird demon train in this weird trippy area like somebody is just super high in. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. It just seems really odd. Like, <laughs> Get it done. For some reason it fits, but it's still out of place. I don't know. You got Possessed Zelda and Chancellor Cole. That part was a little difficult for me on top of the train. But the cool, I think the cool fight is Maladus, the Demon King, when you're fighting him. And his, like, combination with Cole and looks very Ganon-like. But it's, like, 
in a in a speed run, this is not the fight. But in like casual, it's like pretty epic. You have to feign off these like fireballs while Zelda is like gathering all her power. And if she gets hit, hit once, you gotta start over again. And it's like a pain. But if you like get to the end, it's like yes, okay, yes. I'm ready, let's go. Only to have to play the spirit flute again. But um, uh, <laughs> it's like it's so cool. And then you gotta distract him while Zelda's fighting. It's I think this is like a decent final fight, like a really a pretty good like climax to this game. Yeah, I think so too. And um, especially because you have to get that pattern right. You know, you're you're basically learning that there's if someone is beating that boss the first time that they fight him, that person is very very skilled and very very quick. Um, yeah. You know, but whenever you eventually get that pattern down and you're doing it yourself and, you know, you're maybe the third, fourth, maybe fifth time in for my first time playing it. Um, when I eventually got there and I got the pattern down and I managed it and I was just like, yes! And, you know, it felt <laughs> so, so good. Like, I'd actually really achieved something. So it's really good when a Zelda boss makes you feel like you've achieved something. And I think that is just what's great about Malodus. Yeah. I agree. I He definitely feels like an achievement because it's like it, the idea of missing is kind of scary because then you have to start over. Plus, if you lose this fight, you have to go back and fight, start with the demon train, which is a lot of fighting to do. It's a big gauntlet. So that's also yeah. kind of intimidating where you're like, oh, crap, I really I just need Zelda to get all her power and not miss. Yeah. And then if do you know if you don't get the spirit flute down, you end up back fighting Maladies again. Like, yep. that that is a disappointing moment, you know, that you're like, I gotta do it, I gotta do it. So, you know, don't, don't let that spirit flute let you down. <laughs> thankfully, I haven't had that happen to me in my multiple gameplays this year. I, I actually kind of, I didn't realize that that was a thing until you brought it up. Because I was like, oh, this is really nice of Maladus to just sit here and let me dink around with this dang flute. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I must have just took so so long to completely finish it off that I just ended up like he like turned around and was you know back at me and I was like, dang. Nice. <sighs> okay, so I think we both agree that dungeons and bosses are probably like the highlights of this game, like worth playing this game for. What do you think about the side content and extras? I don't think it's very good. Eh, it's okay. Yeah, there's there's stuff to do, um, but I just don't feel as though it's overly rewarding because then you're having to deliberately go out and go over the overworld, you know, and it's like you said before, there's not much to the overworld. There's nothing that really makes it overly fabulous to traverse, and you're having to do that and go and get the different things that you need for the side content, and um, I, I, I felt like once the main game was done, I didn't really want to go for anything on the side after that so I wouldn't really rate the side content at all makes sense I can understand that I feel like a lot of people don't really like the uh, rabbits the whole rabbit yeah. thing um the rabbit thing's okay but when you have to be on a train to get them plus they're like they're fast little buggers so if you miss them with the net that's kind of annoying you have to go away and then come back um there is a bit of fast travel that I feel like doesn't really take part until late way late much later in the game than you need to have it. Um, so that kind of makes it easier for some of the side content. I know you can drive some people around on the train and try to make them happy customers. Um, I know there's a bunch of heart pieces you can get, yada yada. So the side content's okay. It's just, it's very limited by the fact that you have to ride your train everywhere, you know. 
So I would agree with you. It's not the best. But what I will agree is like pretty great. Maybe for like a couple tracks. But the rest is like kind of, you know, standard Diaz Zelda. Is our last item here on the bracket. Music and sound for this game. What do you think of the music and sound? I think it was really good. Like, I mean, it's it's on the DS and... I think what they did for it was really some of it was really upbeat you know they they made things scary where they could make them scary and everything really matched up and gave good vibes i think the music is quite good and even you know the music that you're creating yourself on the spirit flute and you know you're hearing that and it you know matches up to your quests and things yeah i think the music is decent definitely and i could listen to it going along you know on the overworld i could listen to the in dungeon music i was mm. happy enough with it yeah, I, I think overall the music is okay. I think it has a few, like, really big standouts. Obviously, the overworld is, like, huge deal within the community. I think some of the flute songs are actually really, uh, like, boppy and, like, charming. Um, I think that it's kind of cool. I think it's, like, the first three dungeons has a slightly different dungeon thing than we heard before. But then it changes after that, I believe, which was pretty cool. I think my favorite piece of the whole game, though is the higher you go up the tower, the more instruments join, and, like, you even get some chorus, like, some choir in there, and you just get to the top, and it's, like, I love that about Zelda games, when you're getting to the top of the tower, the castle, or whatever, and the music gets louder, and it, like, really just is so immersive, and I love that. That's my favorite piece. I don't know what it's called. Is it called the tower? I don't know. But it feels like, to me, the more of the locomos that you're, like, free or you're talking to and you're getting their instruments and their songs and the more you're putting the tower together the more those instruments join you as you're making your way to the top and it just sounds so awesome that's my favorite bit of that game so yeah i would overall, totally agree i love that you brought that up actually allison because i haven't thought of that element at all since i last played which was a few years ago and now you say it you know it is basically it's a case of you're having an impact yourself with your continuance throughout the game and how far you're getting and everything you're accomplishing and the music is changing alongside that as you grow in the game and it's an awesome thing they've actually done you know with it i agree yeah and i'm glad they do it in more than one zelda game they do it in yeah. quite a few so i think that's awesome overall i'd say the music is okay but it has its standouts so so yeah that was that are is our thoughts on spirit tracks i think i think i like that you and i did this together because we can we can appreciate spirit tracks for what it is you know like obviously it's not the best yeah. of the game but it's still you know it still deserves its place in the lineup it definitely does yeah it's it's a fun one so if anybody hasn't played it yet because they're like oh the train game just do it it's fun you know and it's not that long it's really not it's it's pretty like the pacing is okay until that last bit like we talked about but i would suggest playing it or play it again if you haven't done so in a really really long time all right well that's it that's our episode for this week i'm really glad you came to join me judy i'm so glad to be here thank you yeah, kind of bummed that Lulu wasn't able to join us just because she had some technical difficulties, but I think she'll be with us next week. Um, and we're not going to be done talking about Spear Tracks. We're going to rank the dungeons, but I don't know if there's enough dungeons, so I might call an audible and say we rank both DS game dungeons and just like tie them it. all together. Because, yeah. I, I mean, you could kind of 
kind of you could kind of rope them together. The dungeons all are pretty similar, so we'll see when we get there. But that's the idea for next week. Andy's still gonna be gone, but we'll be back and we'll just keep hanging out until he gets back and we could talk more about I don't know Tears of the Kingdom, whatever. Until then, I'd like to encourage you guys to you know share us with your. Zelda fans and Zelda friends and Zelda family, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter. You can follow Andy at Spateria316. I'm at Alison Aletha. Judy, what's your Twitter? At a Hylian Princess. A Hylian Princess. And uh, the Zelda cast is also over on Twitter. We're also on Twitch. We're everywhere. I am horrible at outros. Andy's much better. He'll be back soon, I promise. Until then, you guys, have a good week, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.